As cryptos and NFTs move closer and closer to mainstream adoption, it's not a surprise to discover names that you might know getting into the game. Our friends at Mogul Productions are releasing a unique NFT set featuring deleted scenes from a major motion picture, along with access to a red carpet event in Hollyweird. Joining us today is David Keckner, an actor who you'll recognize from the hit TV show The Office, the Anchorman films, and a number of other TV shows and movies. Acting as the audience ombudsman with many questions about crypto and yet finding himself in this new wild, wild west, this could be a great episode to introduce Black blockchain to your family and friends. These are exciting times as we find ourselves in the thick of covering this new frontier and we get to meet all kinds of interesting people. So come along as we speak with the man many know as Todd Packer on episode number 548 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and uh, those who might be a little bit in between. You might be securious. I don't know. You might be bi curious. You were curious if you want to buy crypto. You might be tri curious. You might have tried mm. to buy crypto. That would make you try to curious. figure it out. <laughs> Where do we go from there? Quad curious? I don't know. Because you got. Be, well, you know what? Curiosity is something that is important, and a lot of people lose it along the way. Education seems to beat the love of learning out of a lot of people. But um, apparently, uh, uh, Joel says that uh, David was very curious about the cryptos during this interview. I was, I believe, on an airplane at the time, and on a no, actually, I think I was. Uh, in the jungle, maybe doing jungle medicine. Mm, yeah. So uh, this interview today, I'm joined by my son, Zach, who uh, some of you know from our Blockchain Heroes products. He's actually the mastermind behind all of the characters that we develop in the Blockchain Heroes series. And I'm going to revisit that conversation here after the interview. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. And you should listen up because if you want to invest like the big institutions, these guys have access to the strategies and projects and the products that regular folks don't have. But Matrix Port has leveled the playing field for retail and institutional investors. They get access to investing products, dual currency products. These have only been accessible to hedge funds and other large investors. Get the Matrix Port app. Check out their high yield products today. Here's where you go. Badco.in forward slash Matrix Port. Get in the Matrix. Get in the port. Badco.in forward slash Matrix Port. Isn't so, yeah. the Matrix port, isn't that the thing that Keanu had in the back of his head? Just, yeah, yeah. Whoa, I know Kung Fu. Right. Was that the Matrix port? I, I know how to cook ramen. Wow. I got <laughs> I have an Instapot. <laughs> so uh, as we were saying, this um, this interview, Trav, was unavailable. The video version of this is now on our YouTube channel at uh, badcode.in forward slash YouTube. So if you want to watch the interview, because, you know, you're used to seeing the face of uh of David, uh, he was champ kind on the Anchorman series. You know the one with the cowboy hat. Uh huh. That yeah, was yeah. Oh, he do. He was also he was in Talladega Nights. That is correct. Which was uh, which was really good. Which is really good show. The Legend of Ricky Bobby. That was <laughs> solid. He's also in uh, 
He makes a regular appearance on the Goldbergs. I don't know if you've seen that. And he's also, he's Dick Reynolds on American Dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he will smash your face into a windshield and take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a delicious seafood dinner and then never call her again. And that's uh, that's a line we're going to reference here in this interview. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. And yes, crypto and NFTs are tied into it all. So here we go. You might recognize him as Champ Kind. You might recognize him as Todd Packer. Or you might recognize him from any number of movies. You might recognize the voice because he's also a voice actor on multiple cartoons he's a bit of a cartoon character himself and he's involved in a new nft drop that is related to a new film that looks hilarious called reboot camp he is the one the only david keckner good sir welcome to the show hello hello thank you for having me okay now i thought for sure you were going to welcome us with uh what's up my nerds is that what you want uh what's up my nerds <laughs> great to be here on bad crypto Bad crypto. Yeah, crypto's not bad. We are. Yes. Yeah, we're we're naughty. I mean, there might be an occasional fart joke or two, and and I know that that's right up your alley. Uh, we're we're really glad you're here, and of course, you know, anytime anybody has the opportunity to interview somebody they've seen in TV and films, there's questions about that. But this is a crypto show, and so I want first to talk about your understanding uh, or involvement in blockchain and Bitcoin and crypto, or right? have you been in the space? Is this new to you? Give us the lowdown. It's very new. I don't own any. Uh, it's a fascinating world. Um, the thing I, I'll just tell you what I'm apprehensive about. So the only way to recognize the blockchain is to create the blockchain I'm worried about the energy that's necessary to crypt it up. Mm-hmm. Is that true or is that just false information? Well, the I mean, the way that it can be, uh, what is it, certified? Is it if there's a blockchain of computers that boot up, use a lot of energy to then recognize that this thing does exist? Is that true or false? So it is true that it takes energy and computing processing power, which costs electric energy to do it, but there are blockchains that are very um, uh, uh, friendly towards the environment, and there are blockchains that are less friendly towards the environment. Uh, But, you know, is this show about exposing those that are not friendly to the environment? Oh, we we talk about all the things here. You know, we're we are we're very blockchain agnostic. But of course, you know, you know that the media tends to sensationalize stories and blow things out of proportion. And so it's always more interesting to say blockchain is going to kill us all. We're all going to die. The environment's over because computers are running. But the, the truth is, is it takes just as much energy to, uh, to to print fiat currency, to print bills at the Federal Reserve, you know, as it does to, to mine cryptocurrency. Well, and you talk about mining the coins as well. That takes much more energy. Mine it, yeah. mint it, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing just like anything else, uh, it'll become a streamlined process where you won't need as much. There'll be another recognized form, different chips or something that more quickly recognize the blockchain. Yeah, and they make, they're make they making the miners smaller. They're learning to shrink people really small and put them inside the computer with a little pickaxe and ding, ding, ding. Ah, ding, ding. Like uh, Owen Wilson and uh, what is it? National what, something museum, not at the museum. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, they shrunk him down really small. Um, so why do they call I know you've covered this in your show. Why do they call it mining? Zach, I'll let you uh, I'll let you educate on that. Uh, yeah, mining is a, it's an umbrella term for whatever the process is that takes currency from a large pile that hasn't been claimed. And so in some cases, that looks like computers uh, like uh, being dedicated towards solving really complicated math problems before any other computer can do it. And in some cases, it's just a matter of passive generation. It kind of differs from blockchain to blockchain. A lot of this is super Wild West stuff. Yeah. And the fact that there's sort of this concern out there in the ether now about how cryptocurrency affects the climate means that there is a natural pressure on new technology in the blockchain space that's dedicated towards maintaining a low carbon footprint or what we call carbon neutrality. Right. And I'm sure I'll get lower and lower, like we were just saying. Um, so I guess the other thing that would concern me is, can anyone just begin Cryptcoin? Yeah. So like, I think... Has, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, cryptocurrency is a very, it's a decentralized um, type of currency, which means that it's, uh, it opens it up for anybody to participate, right? Rather than a centralized government saying, okay, here's your money and this is how it's going to be issued and how you can use it. It's, it's a freedom and a liberty type initiative that says, hey, we can bring prosperity to all of the people in the world, especially in those countries where the you know, third world nations, now that they have access to cryptocurrency and mining, they're starting to prosper in ways that they wouldn't have dreamed of before. So it's bringing more equality around the world to some of these nations that have really suffered for uh, for many years. But uh, you're going to keep hearing, uh, you know, you and I are very close in the same age. I've been into tech forever, so I've been following this closer than you. You've been, you know, on stage making people laugh. Um, So it's a it's a different arena. But I can tell you, having followed the technical trends for my whole life is this is where we're going. And uh, your grandkids, it's going to be second nature to them that they're going to be buying, selling, trading in crypto. Are you in Los Angeles? No, I'm actually in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. Yeah. Zach? I am in Denver. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Joel or, or Zach, we'll have to, uh, on a separate uh, call, we'll go over and I want you to get you guys to give me the full uh, university lecture on crypto because I know your audience knows all about it. So it'll be very boring for them to have to listen to it again. But I sincerely would like to sit with you and go through all my questions and get the education and then dispel all the rumors. The the thing about it is that I do believe, you know, um, money is not real. People have to keep that in mind. Right. Our money is the same thing as crypto in that it's an idea. Correct. So me giving you a dollar is you and I both believe this dollar has whatever value we put on it. Correct. And that dollar might have a higher value depending on whatever it is. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a new movie from Disney that has a higher value than a ten-year-old movie from Disney, right? Well, here, here's the difference for you, David, is that the fiat currencies of the world, you know, we used to be backed by the gold standard, which yes, globally. Bretton Woods. Boom! Look at you dropping the knowledge. Nixon. Right 73. Was it 77? It was, it was Nixon. So it was 73. Thank you, um, sir. 
Yeah, because he he got the axe in '74, um, and we you remember watching that when we were growing up, seeing that. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was eleven. Yeah, yeah, I would have been nine then. Yeah, because I. You I were, do you remember you, sitting there on that hot August night? <laughs> uh, I think it was the eighth August, eight or August eleven when he resigned, and I remember I watched for a while, thinking I've got to watch this. And then I walked out the front door just because I thought it's a nice night. I'm going to go outside. And play. Do you uh, do you do impersonations? Uh, well, everyone does a Nixon. Is that yeah. what we? Yeah. Let's let me hear your. I'm not a crook. I am not a crook. <laughs> with the with the two fingers in the right. air and the peace sign. Um, yeah, uh, that was a great rabbit trail. I can't remember where we were. I, but, I can pick up where you left thank off because exactly. we're talking about how uh, fiat currency isn't actually backed by anything anymore. So it's basically totally imaginary. The I difference between say, that when and you say crypto, fiat currency, that means all currencies. It means state-backed currency. It means yeah. cash or okay. euros or Canadian dollars or whatnot. Right. Um, cryptocurrency is backed by the value of whatever generated it. In the case of Bitcoin, where computers are solving complex mathematical problems, that's effectively... a attaching a value to the computational labor that is being done in order to mine new Bitcoin. Okay. So it's backed by something that's actually substantial. Got you. Ah, yeah, it's a it's a great rabbit hole. And the deeper you go down it, the wider it gets. And once you understand how it works, it's like, oh, OK, this is revolutionary. This is this is truly a world changing technology. And, and, you know, I feel blessed. We're here to witness it. You know, happening when when we were kids, the coolest technology we had was the the Magnavox TV remote that went kachunk kachunk. Yes. You know the yes. big buttons. Now you just you know, hey Siri, right. do do whatever. I just set off somebody's phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what about what about NFTs? Because we're going to talk about this film, and you know, Mogul Productions is going to be offering uh, special NFTs related to this. What oh, do you understand what about one of the leaders in the NFT? Yeah. And of course, I've got so the thing is, um, I'm very new to this. You, you probably already know about NFTs yourselves. Yes, very much so. We've actually myself and my my partner, Travis Wright, who's usually my co-host, have minted over a million NFTs oh, yeah. in distribution. Yeah. So okay. we're we're not just podcast hosts. We're marketers. We're creators. We've been at this for a long time. What's your understanding of what a, a non-fungible token is? And non-fungible. No neo fungible token. Um, it's only the digital frame of content, basically, right? That's that's a really interesting way to put it. Another way to think about it is programmable media, uh -huh. right? It is. Uh, I'm sure you're. Uh, you know, you're a nerd like us. You've probably collected stuff, right? And you're. I, I'm it is. not. Uh, I'm not as deeply into the ephemera as a lot of people. I do these comic cons now too. So, you know, you can't even say you're in the class. I'm, I'm not even a freshman. <laughs> but you've you've collected something that you like, a sure. piece of art. It yes. might be signed. And it's they come with these clowns for me. It's what? Clowns. Clowns. So you like scary things that want to murder you in your sleep. No, I just love. See, to me, clowns are joy bringers. Uh -huh. So for me, I have all these clowns. I should I wish you should show us. Can you do you have something you can show us? Well, I do, but they're they're I've got I'm on a, 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 a tabletop computer here. Um, so I can't take you around. But I've got two beautiful Commedia del Arte statues in my living room that puzzle the hell out of my children. I've probably got eight different 
clown photos and or uh, um, you know clown ephemera. So yeah, that's my that's my idea. I've got one right here. Let me let me get rid of this guy. Behind the scenes. Oh, you can tell a lot about people by the books they have. Let's see what we got there. The joy of sex. What's, What's there's the about? clown. <laughs> yeah. That was from, for the for the comedy fans. That's the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade uh, books. Well, we can we can go. To, oh, here you go. The Italian comedy. Now this is about Commedia dell'arte, where many of our clowns came from, or many of our standard characters that we see in sitcoms at all times. So this is the type of stuff that inter, you know that interests me. Anyway. Enough about that. Uh, oh, here's another another book on Comedia right beside that one. <laughs> Look at that. Dan, you, I, I was not I, I was not anticipating a, a clown history lesson on this interview. <laughs> you know, learn something new every day. You know, you do for me, I do for you. I'll see if I can get some pictures. So there's basically seven stock characters from the Italian comedy that still inform comedy today. Um and so that's been in use for 500 years, but they always work. So if you look at the characters of The Office, for instance, which is a wildly popular show, and Zatch, I will continue to insist on calling you Zatch. Of course. Um, or Zatch. <laughs> that um, they're standard and understandable and constant. There's the buffoon of the boss, right? There's the intellectual who's a buffoon. There's the love interest. There's the low-lying... Uh, uh, Harlequino, there is the, the lovers. So there's all the, the, the spectrum of the clown, about seven of them. And you'll see them in our sitcoms today still, because we all identify with these different, you know, spectrums of personality and character. So they're like these theatrical archetypes that have persisted through human media for centuries. You were able to distill it in one sentence. I'd still be talking in the next paragraph. <laughs> I like you, Zach. Can you speak on my behalf at all times? He's so I'm smart. Really I don't know how that. he came from, from my genes. I mean, his mom's smart, too, but he's smarter than both of us. Don't let it go to your head. There. Joel, it skips a generation. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, that means your kids are going to be dumb like me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so let me let me loop back to uh, nfts yes. for a moment NFTs. because basically non-fungible a non-fungible token means it's unique in and of itself you know if i hand you a dollar bill you could say hey joel give me a buck and you won't and i won't say to you which one i'll just pull a dollar on my wall because they're all treated the same but an nft each one is unique and just like your autographed piece of art many times comes with the certificate of authenticity that's it that says this is you know number 400 out of 500 right and that that certificate is now on blockchain and it provides true ownership because it's in your wallet to say this is mine and now because i own it, it's in my wallet i can use it as proof i can use it as collateral i can sell it i can trade it i can hold it and i have the proof there's never any dispute about who owns that thing. And so now with new media, especially with, you know, Hollywood getting into the act here, these NFTs give people an opportunity to own something super unique that they can't get anywhere else. And in the case of the film that we're going to talk about here, there's uh, the outtakes that there's 11 deleted scenes 
that are going to uh, be available up for auction on mogulproductions.com. But let, let's talk about the film. It's called Reboot Camp. I watched both of us watched the trailer beforehand. I'm loving it. It looks it, it reminds me of the mockumentaries that uh, uh, Harry Scherer, you know, and, and Christopher Guest did Best of Show. This is Spinal Tap in that type of tradition. Is it was that just the trailer giving that angle, or is the whole film like that? No, the the film was like that. Uh, I, uh, but they're they're investigating cults, and but it go, takes a different direction, uh, a different uh, tactic, in terms of so Spinal Tap was following a band that thought that really believed in their themselves and their journey. This one is investigating. And, and ultimately wants to expose what cults are by creating a fake cult with the intention then of letting the people know that you've been duped by the end. But then there's a twist, uh, you know, of course, three quarters of the way into the film that I'm not going to reveal now. But so it plays on all of those things. Even best intentions gets hijacked. Uh, money is the root of all evil. Um, uh, you are enough. Basically, the message is just like you would uh, give anyone any message. A cult's message would be, you know, uh, I can unlock your brain. But the real truth of the film is that's trying to get to is you're enough. You don't need to go looking outside of you for answers. You need to look inside of you for answers. Now, it is a comedy, so it's not pounding you over the head with that type of idea. But certainly those ideas are there. Like, we don't have to go and give our entire lives over to somebody else or any other thing to look for answers. I personally believe we're born with all the answers that we need for our lives. Now, I'm not born with the answers of how to become an astronaut. That's not what I need for my life. So I'm talking about the answers I need to live a purposeful life and a life free of anxiety, let's say. So if I'm having an anxious moment, it's not real because I created it. Anxiety doesn't exist unless we manufacture it or mine it from our tiny computers where we waste, or we waste way too much energy, burn way too much energy on anxiety um, or, or many other things that they don't have to exist. We have to create that. Anyway, those, those, those are themes that are, are played with during the film, but it's very funny. David Lipper is our lead and he does a fantastic job and it's got some uh, celebrity cameos in it. One of uh, mine being among them, Ed Begley Jr., who's one of my favorite actors is in the film. We didn't have any scenes together, but uh, uh, we were still in it. Ed and I have been in uh, at least three productions together. I, I, you know, he's one of my favorites. So that's enough to bring me to the film. But it's got an eclectic, a very eclectic cast. So if you just check out the entire cast, you go, wow, Chaz Bono, uh, Nicole Aniston, not Jennifer, Nicole. Um, different acting uh, style. Different style. Uh, <laughs> some say more interesting. Um, certainly more memorable. <laughs> so, yeah, great, Ja Rule, great eclectic cast. Uh, the message that they don't hit over the head, but it's fun and funny. I, I really enjoyed uh, in the trailer how it seems to sort of uh, be a coagulation of aping all of these different 
uh, woke and wellness trends together. It's like, here are all the things that you need to, to do to live this sort of Silicon Valley lifestyle, but they're brought into this, this slightly creepy uniform group context um, all simultaneously. Angry yoga. That's what I saw. Remember angry from the yoga. trailer. Yes. Yes. I participate in some angry yoga. Um, so the, uh, the film releases when I don't have a release. Oh, it's already been released. Oh, it's out. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's available. I don't know if I have the platforms in front of me where it's still available. Shame on me. If you go look for it, I'm sure you can find it, but it, it debuted, I believe in May. Okay, we'll uh, uh, we'll link it up uh, in the the show notes for the episode, and uh, I'm going to go okay. track it down myself so I can have an evening of laughter and and go. There he is. That's David. That's yeah, gonna, I'll I'll text David now. I, I know that dude. So on, on top of that, it, it got quite a good rating on Rotten Tomatoes. What was it? Uh, it's got an audience approval score of eighty eight percent. Nice. That is really good because there's a lot of churn and burn comedies, right? That yep. they pump out a lower budget or they throw a big star in there and they say yes to it because they want to get paid because everybody's been on lockdown and then it ends up being crap. And and uh, so it's good that you were able to get in on a, a project that uh, that people are enjoying. So, yeah, you know, uh, and uh, it, it won like audience uh, awards at a bunch of festivals, more than one. So they did the festival circuit and then it was uh, finally up on a streaming platform because, you know, none of us have been to a movie theater. And God bless us. A year and a half or more. What's um, a movie? The th- what did you call it? A, a who? Theater. A theater. A theater. A theater. Oh, theater. Zach will tell you later. <laughs> no, it's a shame. It's a shame. We just need to get through this. Get so there's 11 here. NFTs in all, David, and uh, they're yes. going to be auctioned at uh, mogulproductions.com. You guys want to sign up. Um, one of them is a signed poster. There's 25 editions uh, that'll be available for $150 only. So that one's going to go super fast. It's also super rare. rare. And, uh, and you probably don't know this, David, but people will purchase with a cryptocurrency called Ethereum. Have you heard of that okay. one? I have. So Ethereum is the one that's criticized for being less environmentally friendly and, uh-huh. uh, and, and rightfully so. Um, but there are others out there that are cleaner than, you know, you flipping on your light switch uh, to go in and out of the house. So um, so don't believe the hype. Just believe part of it. You know, and if we're really concerned about it, have you ever been to New Zealand? I have not. Australia is the closest I've gotten. OK, they may do this in Australia, too. They have a switch when you leave your house, which shuts off all the power, except you can leave all your essentials on. Like we all leave the house and leave everything on, whether it's a computer running, a light here, there. They have a switch. You leave the house. Everything shuts off. Now, obviously, you could leave the stuff that need, your refrigerator is going to be left on, your air conditioner, stuff like that. But look how much energy we just have off, have on all the time much more than cryptocurrency uses. Um, every plug-in in the places that I stayed in New Zealand, every single plug-in had a switch where you'd shut it off. I mean, I'm sur- sure Zatch could tell us about the loss of passive energy in the United States. Oh, what I can really tell you about is that uh, investigating nuclear will blow your mind. What do you mean, nuclear energy? I mean, nuclear energy. Uh, we, it is totally untapped potential that everyone is sort of afraid of for irrational reasons. But uh, the 
the amount of power required to power everything you'll, you will ever use in your life is, is just so incredibly tiny if it's nuclear fission that generates that energy. And we, we have a few nuclear plants in the United States, but largely there's just sort of been this public yes. shadow hanging over the, the entire concept. And let's um, it, talk about it, why. It, nuclear energy is unquestionably but, 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 energy direction but, that we need to, to do all of that world saving stuff. 100%. But the biggest concern about nuclear energy is waste disposal. Yes. Of course. And there's a lot of people working on that, uh, especially in terms of calculating exactly how dense we're getting super off topic here. <laughs> I know. It all go, it's gonna, we're going to come back to Ethereum. It's interesting. Well, my, my biggest concern about uh, nuclear energy is grown adults that can't pronounce the word right and say nuclear. All yes. I mean, come on. It's nuclear. Even presidents. Bush never got it right. Never got it right. Always nuclear. Now, Zach, what about uh, 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 fission? Is it fusion? What is what's the hydrogen? Um, nuclear fission. Um, the other one is uh, hydrogen. Um, is it fusion? No. I'm Welcome sure to Energy and there. Learning Crypto with <laughs> David Keckner. In this episode, we cover all of the things. But I know the, 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 the hydrogen energy uh, is the other step that still hasn't been figured out. And methane, where, where they're trying to figure out how to harness the, you know, well, the flagellates from cows. That oh, that's true. Yeah, I've, I've heard that there's actually an effort to convert methane gas itself uh, into, into sure. something that counteracts the effects of carbon parts per million. Yeah. Yeah. Cow farts. They're, they're better than more than just beef and milk. Making an irony. If harnessing methane then can dispel uh, more carbon, then that would kind of qualify as our irony. I love that yeah. you're a student of comedy. You're not just, you know, you, there, there's, there's actors um, and they, they could be naturally gifted and they go do their thing. They portray their characters, but you're like, you're deep into this. I'm interested. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I've always been curious. Hmm. But we're going to get back to Ethereum and the NFTs. There's 10. And then you said there's posters as well, right? Yeah, I think there. I, I believe I talked to Andrew at Mogul. He said 11 and then they're, that are up for auction. And they're uh -huh. all they're all um, uh, removed scenes. They're all deleted scenes. Yeah. So the only way and, and somebody can own these, you know, right now, if you go buy a DVD of a film, you go buy the Anchorman DVD. There's probably deleted scenes out there. You don't actually own them. You can just watch them. Right. It's kind of like a license. It's an agreement between the studio and the consumer that you're licensing it. But with these, you actually own this deleted scene. And because they're all one of ones, you're the only person in the world that owns that deleted scene. Right. Like it's mine, bitches. Right. Someone else might be able to watch it. But you own it. It's like the Mona Lisa. You can go look at it, but you don't own it. That's a really good. See, see, I expected from uh, people who don't really know NFTs are like, well, what's the point of this? This picture? I can go take a picture of the Mona Lisa there. Now I own it. No, you don't. No, you want a, you want a picture of it. You a picture of it. You got to look at it. You don't own it. It's not yours. Yeah. 
And the nice thing about the, the fact that all of the data around it is backed on blockchain means that there's absolutely no question as to what the authentic piece really is and who truly owns it in the first place. Yeah. And plus, um, getting people to start thinking in concepts again. Uh, because it's, well, more than concept. So NFTs and, uh, uh, and crypto are conceptual and philosophical. And I guess if you could even extend beyond that, they are a, 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 a genuine pathway to human equity. And by what, what I mean by equity is that everyone gets to have it. Everyone should be able to share in it. You don't, you know, it, it could possibly relieve poverty. Is that correct or no? What do you think? Well, it certainly opens up a ton of new opportunities to people who had a shortage of, of opportunities in the global market. And there's more and more being generated every day, especially as more projects dedicate themselves and their currencies towards empowering communities that haven't been reached by those those aspects of global commerce. Um, I, I'm really deeply curious to hear how you define, how you label uh, crypto as philosophical. What is the, the philosophical value you see there? Well, because people then don't, people, because people don't think about what I'm going to say, just the philosophy of money. This isn't real. It's an agreement. People don't ever think of it that way. Right. But when you have to think about something I don't have in my hands and then there's the belief and then what do I believe in and why do I believe in it makes you start asking questions. And that's what philosophy is. Right. Love of wisdom. I need more wisdom to have more love, to have more money. So in that regard, I believe that. And it's because it's a concept that people can't quite grasp. They have to level up their learning to get there. So it forces the everyday person to think in concept and philosophy, from my point of view. David, I wish I could get everyone on the planet to ask themselves what money really is. I, <laughs> I do. Right. I think crypto's leading to that, right? Isn't it? Yes. Isn't this uh, this knowledge of because it, it's this new money? And people are going, wait a second. How is this money? I thought this thing was money. But it's the same as going to a different country and going, wait, what do I, I'm holding a pound? I'm holding a peso? Exactly. Now you're, you're in possession of a crypto, but it's not in your pocket. Uh, Andrew Mogul just sent me the details of all the NFTs. So I just want to make sure everybody understands what this is. There's actually, there's 11 total NFTs. Eight are deleted scene clips, not used in the movie, never before seen. They're behind the scenes clips. And here's what I just discovered. That's really cool. Apparently there's going to be a red carpet event. And if you win one of these, you get invited to the red carpet event. So when, oh. when does that take place? And are you going to be there? I am going to be there. It is in September. And here's a, a question for you. It is on peace day. I know. Piece, uh, piece of cake, piece of pie. <laughs> if you wish, uh, but not spelled that way. Uh, uh, September 21st. Okay. So Red carpet event. I will definitely be there and I want to meet the winner. Mm. We'll hang out and have a, a sparkling water. 
All right. So eight deleted scene clips, two pieces of art from the movie that also include the invite to the red carpet event, and then 25 of the reboot camp poster NFTs that include a custom digital copy of copy of the movie customized by the lead actor who you've praised and the director with a personalized introduction. So for 150 bucks, there's only 25 of those. They don't get the red carpet event, but they do get a really cool piece. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. And there's like that one of 25. See, like this thing I've got is one of one. What do you got? Ziploc baggies? That's a whole thing of them. Yes. But, you know, things like that. This is one of 25. Okay. So that's got its value going back to Ethereum. (laughs) The drop date is September 16th and mogulproductions.com. The event date is September 21st. So if you're planning on bidding on one of these and winning it, you might want to make, I'm, I'm assuming the red carpet event is in LA. Yes, it is. Okay. Do you know where? Is it at uh, the I Chinese believe it's theater? At the or? Egyptian. I'm looking for my glasses right now, guys. They're, they're I was just, literally I was just, on your face. I yeah. I was just looking for my glasses. I know. Isn't that uh, great? I do that. I look for my phone in my hand all the time. Yeah. Like, where's my where's my phone? I can't. Oh, dumbass. It's right there. Uh, I can look for you. <laughs> the, you talking about what theater it is? I think it's it, the Egyptian. The Egyptian. So which is a, a beautiful old like theater. That. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, um, Zach, I want to toss it to you because you're a fan of of the Anchorman movies as well as I am and, and Champ Kind. And, and uh, I've, of course, seen The Office from beginning to end every episode, probably seven or eight times. I'm a super you fan. have too. Yeah, it you is. Know, I hear that story all the time. Uh, we could do an entire hour on why we think this. Look, this is unlike any piece of television in the history of the medium. There's no show like The Office that has this wide and diverse an audience where they found something that is so deeply personal to them, that speaks to their lives, that gets them through hard times. I mean, I hear stories all the time, but most often that they have watched the entire nine episodes multiple times. Seasons. Seasons. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Seasons. Thank you, sir. Uh, And then they will leave it on the background and then they'll have to watch it to go to sleep. I mean, it's, it's, there's going to have to be some doctoral thesis on this. I'm sure someone's going to do one. I used to have a simple explanation for it in that um, kids that come to it uh, in their, in high school would watch it to see how ridiculous adults are. (laughs) Right. And then they watch it in college thinking, that the workplace that I'm going to enter soon is not that intimidating. And then when they're in the workplace, they go, yep, there's idiots all around. Thank God I'm not one of them, just like the office. But now we've got seven-year-olds watching it and they don't get all the jokes. And I, parents will tell me, well, we don't let them watch all of it, but they like the sarcasm because they're starting to understand sarcasm then. But there's something even deeper to the whole series that I haven't quite put my finger on but i'll i'll come back when i figure that one out i really whatever it is it's it's established itself as a cornerstone of our cultural sort of collective conscious it's that's just going to stay there probably for decades but i am curious to know uh whether you have any any uh entertaining stories of being on set either for the office or for filming anchorman um not as much as people want to hear. I know that there are people go, do you guys play pranks on each other? 
I don't like pranks and I wouldn't appreciate it if some asshole is pulling pranks on me at work, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you filled my shoes with shaving cream. I've got to go on set. Okay, that's not funny. That's not a being an adult to me. Um, but uh, I will say the only interesting story I have from the office is they were having trouble casting the role. And this is the first season. It may have been episode two or three, and they couldn't cast the role, couldn't cast the role. Uh, and then um, I wasn't in town. I was up in Canada shooting snakes on a plane, and you're welcome. Um, and then I came back, and I got a phone call. Apparently, they couldn't cast it. So Steve Carell, who I've known since 1990, says to Greg Daniels, how about Kettner? And I don't know if he finished the sentence this way. How about Kettner? He's an asshole. no but that's how it came about and so you know it was just the first of six episodes i was a huge fan of the british version of the office i still am Mm -hmm. um and this character is the same as the finchy character have you you watched the british version oh yeah of course so yeah packer is basically finchy Uh um and finchy is much worse i believe than packer finchy's worse definitely Yes. yes But that's how it came to be. So that's my anecdote from The Office. Um, you know, where do you draw from? Because he he's such a douche, right? The character Todd Packer, the Pac-Man, is just the ultimate douche canoe. And yes. do, you, do you get to pull from a place in you that you wish you could, you know, be sometimes when you do that? Where does that come from? I'll be honest. It's so well written, obviously. So that's enough. But then I get to have the joy of saying horrible things I would never say in my real life. So just go and enjoy it. I I describe Packer as this. He's an uninvited guest at a a party. Uh, And then he demands that you draw him a nice warm bubble bath. He goes into the bubble bath, splashes out all the water, gets out, uses all your towels, then walks through your house naked through a children's party and exits and leaves with someone else's car. But you forgot, you forgot, takes a shit in the boss's office. (laughs) Allegedly, it's never said. That's one of the most, that's one of the most popular Todd Packer uh, episodes. I never appear in the episode. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Just your poop. I left you a package under your desk. It's never said that it's, that it's poop, right? Well, I mean, I know it's all it's all we think it is, but it could have been it could have been five day old sushi. And then it's okay. Then Michael, <laughs> he's fine with it. Oh, it was Todd's, you know, poop. Yes, office, we know that so. Packer took a shit in Michael's office. <laughs> You know, you you mentioned that it would be cool to break down. Uh, you know, Brian Baumgartner, who, of course, yes. uh, played Kevin yes. Malone on the series, did a uh, a podcast on Spotify called An Oral History of the Office, where he and cast and crew kind of, you know, broke down the meaning of, of this show. I think part of it, as you were talking and telling how it's so universal, I think part of it is there's kind of this white noise to an office setting, right? The, 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 the sound that the Foley artists put on, you know, with the phones ringing and the printers printing, we're used to that because everybody at some point has worked in an office scenario and there's something that's just mundane and soothing about it uh you know the they they say i don't know um if you ever how many kids are you uh, zach but i got i have a daughter as well that's younger 
So uh, we can't survive so five kids. And we got to the, by the end of the one, they were starting to this, uh, uh, what's the damn thing about uh, your kids? Some things to know about raising your children. What is the happiest baby on the block? And one of the things was a soothing thing you could do is make the sound that's in the womb. And the, the sound in the womb, if you ever listen on a sonogram, it's woo, 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 woo. Mm. Because it's the mother's heartbeat and the baby's heartbeat in this little, uh, you know, sack of liquid. So, and so one of the things they teach you in the happiest baby on the block is make that sound, the baby's noise. It's amazing. It fucking works. So perhaps what you're suggesting is it creates that womb like noise that's soothing, whether or not, you know, it's for, you know, there's another deep dive you can go down. But I, and what you're saying, I think, is actually true. It's comforting. So sort of touching on that environmental familiarity in a way that helps endear us to the characters and situations and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. And for whatever reason, calms people's nerves. It's such a good show. The writing is so amazing. The characters are all so freaking compelling. Even the ones that, you know, that you love to hate, you love. You know, Dwight is such, he's so insane, but um, you, he's endearing at the same time. Yes, he doesn't know it. And he really, all he wants is the best for everybody, but he just assumes they're all doing it wrong. That's the only issue. Yes, even if it means locking everybody in the office for a fire drill. For their own good. <laughs> yes. I'll make you better. That's my methods that are unsound. Where can we watch the film Reboot Camp where you can get a great idea of what you might be missing on the deleted scenes and therefore be more interested to own part of it from something beautifully, an NFT created beautifully by Mogul, the leader in NFT. Um, it's on like your Apple, your subscription services like Apple, Hulu, Voodoo, I believe. Um, so many of these. You kids are better versed than I, and I think we're going to drop in something on the podcast that's going to lead them to all the places. But it's uh, a film that I think you'll all be delighted to, to watch. It was certainly fun to make. Excellent. And, and we will be watching it. I, I have to, um, you know, you said there weren't many crazy stories on the, the set of the show. You're, you're very much about the art and the business of do, you know, doing your job basically is what you're doing, but yeah. there, there have to be some clowns, you know, is, is Steve the clown is, is oh, no, Will I'm the, the clown? clown. I'm the clown. I'm loud and like to have fun. Okay. Uh, Just so no pranks. Sometimes, sometimes to a distraction. So sometimes I have to remember to be quiet today, David, but I will not, I, to me, I like to make sure the entire crew feels like we're all doing this together. I like to get to know the crew. I'll say hello to everybody, um, you know, because to me, that's, that's what a film is. We're all working together to make this thing work. Um, so I, I'll tend to, I might hang out with the crew and somebody at craft service more than I do the actors. Like, I don't like to just sit behind the monitor and watch. I like to walk around the whole set and see what everybody's up to, how everyone's feeling, that kind of thing. So I guess I'm the clown. Because I, I also like cracking people up, getting some laughs. So I, I'll, bet you there, I'll bet you there's stories about me that I don't know to tell that they could tell. 
And we're going to call them in for the next episode. The truth about David. <laughs> <Kecker>. <laughs> uh, Zach, do you have any other questions you'd like to pop in? Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to try and learn one more thing here. So I, I want to know if, if the roles of, of champ kind and, and Todd Packer align with one of those comedic archetypes that, that you talked about briefly before, or, and uh, if, if that is like reflective of your favorite one or what your favorite one is. Well, um, they're they're kind of a combination. The thing that they are are have in common is they're both uh, misogynist, racist, xenophobic, jingoistic, uh, and and filled filled with self loathing. And they have no sense of self. So they're living outside of themselves the whole time, trying to figure out who they are and also uh, cover their pain. They won't they won't investigate their pain, so they'll drown it with drugs and alcohol in my estimation. So that's their similarities, but their approach is a bit different. I think the, uh, the di biggest difference is um, uh, Champ is much angrier and much more desperate than Todd Packer. I'd say Packer has more confidence than uh, Champ kind. And Champ, I believe has a real necessity for, for close knit relationships where Packer is a lone wolf. Hmm. who feeds on prey and um Ch champ is a survivor but he's not a hunter uh packer is a survivor and a hunter it, it'll be really to interesting to, to revisit both of those with with that commentary in mind yeah I, I had to go look up classic quotes and i'd forgotten this one i will smash your face into a car windshield and take your mother dorothy mantooth out for a delicious seafood dinner and then never call her again right now i'll tell you an anecdote about that the original one was, I'll, I'll tie your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, up to a chair and drive golf balls at her. And so I think... Also like, funny. <laughs> also funny, but a little... So it's very violent. And this one is so much smarter and meta. Steve Carell and I were hanging out in our trailer together. And I said, I got this, I got this idea for... Because uh, Adam McKay will always let us do alternate lines. And so I had a half an idea for it. Um, and then it was smash your face through the car windshield, then take your mother out on a date. But Steve added uh, nice seafood dinner, which I never would have come up, up with. Steve's from Massachusetts. So they eat fish there. Right. I'm from Missouri. We eat steak. So the idea that I'll take her out for a nice seafood dinner, but then the other part of and never call her again is the true lifetime of torture. Because if someone drove golf balls at your head, that's one day, it's over, they were just awful men. But if a person did something nice for you, took you out to a nice seafood dinner, and then never called you again, that mystery will haunt you the rest of your life. So it's a much worse proposition. I love it. It's fantastic. Are you um, are you filming anything now? Is there anything you want Currently to Currently going to be back on the Goldbergs this fall. We've been filming since August. I've got a beautiful film coming out in uh, in November called National Champions. Uh, it's about uh, college players getting paid to play the game. It's all behind the scenes. It's a drama. So that's something new for me. And it, it's a really good film. J.K. Simmons is the lead. Mm. He's always amazing. amazing. And then there's another film I just could not help but do. It's called How the Bitch Stole Christmas. It'll come out, yes, 
It'll come out, uh, obviously, Christmas time. Don't know what platform yet, but um, it's all drag queens and me. So every uh, female part in the picture is played by a drag queen. There uh, are, are puns in it that you would, my character's name, I'm a detective named Mr. E. <laughs> Yep. So that's what we're dealing with, folks. It's a fun, campy, delicious, delightful film. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. And yes, with my kids. I'll say one more thing. There's a hidden gem that no one ever gets to see that's in my, in my canon. It's called Cheap Thrills. Please check out Cheap Thrills, not with your children, not for the kids. It's a dark, dark thriller with some comedic undertones that is not to be missed. It's one of my favorite films I've ever done. Uh, looking it up right now on IMDb, 2013, is that the oh, film? Yes, but watch that after you watch Reboot Camp. A scheming couple put a struggling family man and his old friend through a series of increasingly twisted dares over the course of an evening at a local bar. It's intense. So it, it um, oh, this is based on a Roald Dahl story. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, short story, Man from the South is what it says here in writers. David Churchill, Churchillo, Trent Haga, and Roald Dahl. Hmm? So you didn't know that, David. I, I probably knew it and I forgot it. Yeah, I, I know. I, I forget I, stuff all I the time. Things. Okay, we're forgiven. Uh, dude, we're, we're really grateful that you uh, gave us time today. I, you know, when you said that um, you like to spend time on the set with the crew, I was like, yep, that's why he's here just chatting with us because uh, you're, you're a real guy and um, you don't take the whole Hollywood thing seriously. It's your job. It's what you well, do. Also, that's not real either. I mean, what's, you know, we all, we all have work to do. Go do your job. It just happens to people watch my job, you know, so, and God bless us. If we're able to create some art, that's our job too. You know, the guy I studied with Del Close, what he said was this, treat your audience like poets and artists, and then they may have the chance to become them, even if they aren't. You know, if you treat them as fools and swine, then there's no chance that we can help elevate. So, you know, let's all make the better choice. And I love that approach. It's, it's definitely been fantastic to have the opportunity to speak with you on these things, especially the history of comedy. That was very entertaining. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And of course, uh, that reminds me of a, a classic Hollywood quote from what I think might be the perfect Hollywood film, uh, Donald O'Connor and singing in the rain, make him laugh, make him laugh. Make That's laugh. funny. I was in Boston this weekend and uh, we went out for dinner, and Boston has all of these light poles that remind me of Singing in the Rain. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't help it. I got up and did Singing in the Rain. Of course you did. <laughs> all you needed was rain, right? <laughs> yes. And, and I was trying to get every person I met down the street to do the same. I got three. Uh, am, am I wrong, by the way, about that assessment? Is it not the perfect film? Yes, I agree. Although I was talking to Ron Perlman, name drop, this weekend, and it's been, I don't know if I've ever seen Sullivan's Travels. He believes it's the greatest film uh, ever made. Hmm. So I've got to check out Sullivan's Travels this week after I watch Reboot Camp and Cheap Thrills. 
There you go. David Keckner, ladies and gentlemen. Are you on social media where people can follow you? Do you engage yes. somewhere? I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, but it's just David K-O-E-C-H-N-E-R. Think Koechner. Uh, follow me there. And then, uh, yeah, let's uh, and check out Mogul and the N- NFTs. So you got to buy, make your purchase by the 16th, correct? Yeah, 16th is the big auction. to hang out with all of us in Hollywood on the 21st of September. Let's get it on. Beautiful. Well, there you go. How about my son? I mean, he is like a natural at this stuff. I don't know where he gets it. Maybe his mom? Maybe. No, she, well, she, she's done some podcasts probably. I think she's done some interviews before, but um, yeah. He's uh, he's really good at it. I've talked to him before. I'm like, we've dabbled with the idea of, of him and I just doing like a father son thing many times. And we haven't quite come up with the angle yet. So I've just like let it sit. And eventually, I don't know, maybe there'll be something. Maybe just call it father son. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the comms, the, yeah. the comms before the storm. Right. So uh, David, of course, is just one of the people that makes a cameo in this film. And the film is worth watching. I have watched it now and uh, there's some really funny moments in it. And it's also it's relevant um, in that it really has a lot to do with how you create a cult and how easily people fall for the the cult mindset. But one of the other uh, roles in there from a known quantity is Ja Rule, the uh, the world famous rapper. And Travis and I had an opportunity to interview him for the Nifty Show, that episode with Ja Rule, who is way more crypto savvy and NFT savvy than David. We had an epic conversation with him about NFTs. That's going to come out on the Nifty Show on Tuesday, which is the uh, 14th. So uh, you'll want to check out the Nifty Show podcast as well and hear our conversation with Ja Rule. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. You're going to definitely want to tune into that. I mean, but think about this, man. Like everyone who's listening is is part of the cult of bad crypto. So right. you guys have all drank the Kool-Aid. Um, thank you for doing that. Do not yeah. do not take the cyanide though, Pill. You don't have to do that. No, but but repeat after me to take the oath of the uh, Republic of Bad Cryptopio. Uh, Cryptopio. Okay. Cryptopia. Owa. Owa. Tashma. Tashma. Kayam. Kayam. Yeah, just repeat that to yourself. <laughs> you don't know what you said, do you? Oh, uh, touch my kayak. <laughs> He's looking at me like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> I know it's oh, what uh, uh, something I am, but I can't figure out the other part. Yeah. Oh, uh, touch my I, oh, schmuck I am. Yeah. Oh, what a schmuck I am. That's good. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah, take take the uh, the oath of uh, bad cryptopia, and then you will have all that you need. Oh, uh, ta ka ka Joel is. To <laughs> stay bad. Who's bad? 
Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. You're about to get a serious beatdown. I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again.